Good morning. You'll have to uh, bear with me. I'm losing my voice if you can't tell. Uh, But take your Bibles or your apps, whatever you read on, and I want you to turn to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. It's the very last chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, which is the first book of the New Testament. So if you're looking for it, uh, go into your table of contents, look for New Testament, and it's the first one listed, and go to that page number. You're going to go to the very end. If you don't have a Bible with you, we've got Bibles in the pews. Feel free to grab one of those and turn to Matthew 28. And if you don't have a Bible at home, please feel free to take one of those Bibles uh, at the end of the service and take it home with you. We would love for you to have a Bible with you uh, at your house that you can read and study and reference. So please let that be our gift to you today. Um, As you're turning to Matthew 28, I had a scary experience once when I was in seminary. I uh, went to go eat at a restaurant, one of my favorite restaurants in Fort Worth, that wasn't barbecue. Um, It's a place called Freebird. It was a build-your-own burrito place. It was kind of like Chipotle before Chipotle got popular, only way better than Chipotle, if you can imagine that. Um, So I met one of our deacons there uh, for lunch one day. We ordered our burritos, and we sat down. We were having a thrilling conversation about church if those kinds of conversations exist. And about midway through the meal, I took a bite and I swallowed and it went down the wrong pipe and I began choking on my delicious chicken burrito. (laughs) Luckily, this deacon that I was having lunch with in the moment knew exactly what to do. He was trained in first aid and CPR and he jumped up and grabbed me from behind and did the Heimlich and bam, popped out. I was fine. I was a little embarrassed, but altogether I was okay. I'll tell you one thing, in that moment, I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you thought, oh, this is my end, (laughs) but if you've ever had one of those moments and somebody jumped to your rescue, in that moment I can tell you I've never been more thankful for that deacon who was eating lunch with me and the fact that he knew how to uh, take care of what I was struggling with in that moment. It was choking on, fo- on food. We have such an urgency about things of this physical life, but so many times we have a lack of urgency when it comes to the spiritual matters that have eternal consequences. And so that's what I want to talk about today is that idea of serving others by impacting their eternal life. And so before we go any further, let's do a recap like we've been doing. This is the last sermon in our series called The Unique Us. Now, The Unique Us is all about what makes us, as First Southern, unique. Every church is unique, but what makes us unique? What makes us different? Well, we defined our mission statement being what makes us truly unique. And our mission statement is leading every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. That is why we exist. And we're going to focus a lot on that statement right there today. Now, we clarified how we live out our mission statement by our four values. Our first value is believe. And believe, every value has a tagline. The tagline to believe is, 
God's truth is the foundation to knowing, loving, and understanding Him. So part of why we exist is to believe and have proper belief in God. Then our second value is grow. And the tagline to that is growth means change and following God is moving where He takes us, both personally and as a church. What is the point of living life with Christ if we don't grow in our love with Him? So growth has to be a a major component of how we lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. Our third value is connect. And the tagline to connect is hope is proclaimed when we are in relationship with God, the church family, and our community. And lastly, the fourth of our four values is serve. And the tagline is we are committed to selflessly serving God and others in the church, community, and world. I want you to see something here today. We exist to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. But I want you to think through that statement for just a minute. We exist to lead. What does that mean? That means we take some sort of initiative. We, We do something intentionally to do what? Lead people, every generation, to the life-changing hope of Jesus. If you're in this room and you have a relationship with Jesus, I hope that your life is changed. My life was dramatically changed and continues to dramatically be changed as a result of my relationship with my Savior, with Jesus. I don't know that I could have hope if it wasn't for my relationship with Jesus. But we have a hope that so many people are desperately in need of. And why else would we claim to know Jesus if not to go and take that infinite hope that has been given to us and go share it with others? That's why we exist. When we talk about serve, there is no greater way that we can serve our community than by sharing the gospel with them. There's no greater service that we could do than to go out and tell a friend or a family member or a coworker or some random person at the grocery store about Jesus Christ. We're so quick to respond to physical needs, but we have people in our lives who are spiritually dead right now, and we drag our feet with sharing that life-changing hope with them. Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 28. I want to see what Jesus' command is here. If you've been keeping track, this is the passage we opened this series with. And it says this, starting in verse 16. When the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority 
in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, and catch what he says here, don't miss this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In this one passage is contained our mission statement and all four of our values. This one passage defines who we are as First Southern Baptist Church of Scottsdale. I want you to see what it says here. First off, the mission statement is clear. Go and make disciples. Lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. Believe being our first value. Believe is found in verse 20, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Grow is hidden in that verse 18 or verse 19. Go and make disciples. Well, what is a disciple? A disciple is a student. It is someone who is following and growing in the teachings of someone else. Connect. Aren't disciples supposed to be connected to one another? Go and make disciples of who? All the nations. We are intimately connected both as a church body of First Southern Baptist Church of Scottsdale, but also we are connected with every believer on the face of the earth. And lastly, serve. We've talked about serving in multiple ways, but serving by sharing the gospel is the most important of all the ways that we can serve everyone. The gospel is everything. The gospel means more than anything on the face of the planet. You see, the gospel simply is the Greek transliteration of a word that means good news. It's the word that we've given that Greek word. And if you take that Greek word and you say good news, well, what is the good news? The good news is that there are people out there who need to hear that the Son of God Himself came to this earth and He lived in a human body, 100% human, 100% God, living a sinless life. And at the end of His life, He died a death, sacrificing Himself, shedding His blood so that your sins and my sins and all of our sins could be forgiven and then on the third day after he so beautifully gave his life he then rose from the grave in victory over sin and death and then after all of that in the witness of the apostles he ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty that is the gospel That life-changing hope of Jesus, that knowledge and that relationship with the Savior and Lord of the universe. Within a five-mile radius of this building, there are about 300,000 people, a little over 300,000, according to last census data. There's probably more than that now. 300,000. And according to Gallup, at least half of those people are completely unchurched, meaning they have zero, have never had a connection 
to a church in any way, shape, or form. Guys, that means that within a five-mile radius of this building, there are at least 150,000 people that desperately need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ today. They are dead in their sins. They will not achieve heaven. They will not get to sit with God the Father and hear from Him because they don't know Him. And who's going to go and tell these 150,000 people that good news? We are. I can't do it. I'm one person. We have a staff of three full-time pastors. There's no way on the face of this planet that three people can reach 150,000. It's not the pastor's job alone to share the gospel. It's the responsibility of every follower of Jesus Christ. We are the light of this world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. People need to hear the good news. People need to hear that the Son of God came and died for them so that they could be saved. People need to hear that message. Here's the crazy thing. There's something that holds us back. For some people, I honestly think it's a lack of urgency. I have felt it in my own life. I've struggled with it at times in my life. But the fact is, sitting at Freebird Burrito Place in Fort Worth, Texas, choking on a burrito, if that deacon had not had urgency, what would have happened to me? If somebody would not have felt urgency in that moment and jumped to aid me when I could not aid myself, where would I be? I would be in the ground. I would not be here today. I would be dead. Someone showed urgency in my moment of need. And guys, there are people around you today that need to feel the spiritual urgency of salvation. They need you to feel that urgency for them. They need you to jump up and provide the saving knowledge of Jesus in their life. They need you to do this because they can't do it on their own. They need you. Here's the thing. According to Pew Research study, 8 out of 10, exact number is actually 82% of people who are unchurched, people who have no connection to a church, 82% of people who are unchurched have said they would attend a church if they were invited by someone they know. Eight out of ten. The likelihood of someone coming to church who doesn't know Jesus, if you simply invited them, is overwhelmingly in your favor, in my favor. We need to have urgency. 
Don't let people die in their sin. Maybe fear is what's holding you back. It's time we take the fear and throw it out the window. Whom shall I fear? If God is for me, who can be against me? This is a heavy sermon on purpose. I want you to see the urgency and the need that is out there. Plus, I can't talk very loud right now. But the fact is, is people need to hear about Jesus. Now, here's the thing. We're entering into a season when that 82% likelihood that someone would accept an invitation to church jumps up because we're entering into the Christmas season. And if someone will go to church, if invited, they will definitely go to church on Christmas and Easter, right? I'm not saying you have to have all of the biblical knowledge on the planet. I'm not saying you have to be an expert in theology. I don't say that you have to know every aspect of soteriology and eschatology, and most of you don't know what those words even mean. You don't need to. You don't have to. For some of you, it's as simple as inviting someone to church. Guess what? We meet here every single Sunday. Consistently. We never miss. We don't have snow days in Arizona, so we don't have to worry about canceling church. So the fact is, is you can always invite someone to hear about Jesus Christ on a Sunday. But here's the thing. We have a living nativity that's going to be taking place in mid to late December, just, just a series of days before Christmas. We're going to have an amazing Christmas production on a Sunday evening during Christmas. We're going to have a Christmas Eve service that will be open and available to anybody that would like to come and hear the life-changing hope of Jesus Christ. We have multiple opportunities coming up that are kind of outside of the normal Sunday morning opportunities. Who needs to get an invitation to hear about the life-changing hope of Jesus in your life? Who's that person that does not know Jesus as their Savior and you desperately want them to know Him? What would it take to extend that life-changing hope to someone else? Starting next year, we're going to fire up on a high level our campaign for Who's Your One? Uh, We did it over Easter this past uh, season, but we're going to do it uh, full force starting in January with our new sermon series uh, going through the Gospels. There's going to be a push for months and months and months about urging and encouraging you to think about at least one person that you want to spend intentional time getting ready to tell them about Jesus or inviting them to church. Here's why I'm saying this. If we're not telling people about Jesus, what is the point of being saved? Why are we sitting here? What's the point in knowing Jesus 
the most amazing thing that anyone could have in their life, that life-changing hope. What's the point in having it if we're not sharing it with others? Believe, connect, grow, and serve. All to achieve the purpose, our mission, to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. Guys, that's why we exist. We are going to equip you as best we can. Uh, We're actually, sometime in January or February, we're going to bring an evangelist in and do a training here at the church to help you understand and better know how to have conversations, spiritual conversations, with those around you. We're going to do everything in our power to help you serve others in this way as much as possible. So what's holding you back? Who's that person in your life that needs to hear about the life-changing hope of Jesus? Will you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your Son. We thank you that we do not deserve what he gave, but he gave it anyway. Lord, we pray today that you would help us to understand how to better follow you and how to be the men and women of Christ that you've called us to be. Lord, as Second Chronicles 6.40 says, Now, O oh my God, let your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayer of this place. God, we pray that you would use us in a powerful way. Lord, we pray for, for this country. And Lord, we thank you for those who have served this country to ensure our freedom and the freedom of others. We're thankful for the sacrifice that people have given in their lives so that we can meet in this place freely. Thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we pray for the leaders of our state and our country, country, and we pray that you would give them wisdom, and we pray that your will would be done in and through them. Lord, we pray for our church and for every church in this community and around the world. Lord, we pray that you would help us, you would teach us to be ambassadors for Jesus. Lord, give us a heart for our community and for those who don't know you. Help us to follow you, to follow your word to believe in who you are and to have right belief. Help us to grow in you continually. Help us to connect with you, with this church body, with our community. And help us to serve selflessly. Lord, we pray for those who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior those who we know intimately, those who we know a little bit, those who we don't know at all. God, we pray that you would give us a heart for them. Reveal your truth in their life. 
and use us to bring your truth into their life. Send us out from here, Lord, and connect us to those who don't know you. Give us the courage and the urgency to speak your gospel of hope into their lives. Lord, use us. Help us to be your hands and feet in the lives of the people around us who do not know you. Take a moment and just pray to the Lord about who those people might be in your life. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you that you sent your one and only Son to die on a cross for our sins so that we could be saved. We thank you that he rose from the grave, that he's alive, and that he is sitting at your right hand And that at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow. Lord, we pray that you would use us to lead people to him. Lord, thank you for helping us to believe. Thank you for helping us to grow. Thank you for helping us to connect. Now help us to serve to tell others about you. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you for who you are in our lives. We lift all of these things up to you in the name of Jesus, our Lord, our loving Savior. Amen. We're going to now move into a time where we respond to what we've heard and seen. And maybe you would like to pray here at the altar. We open the altar to you. It's available. Uh, Come down and we would love to, to give you that opportunity. Maybe you'd like to talk to someone today about what a life changing relationship with Jesus looks like. Maybe you have questions about that. Uh, If you do have questions, my name is Pastor Chad and Pastor Josh is right here. We'll be right here at the front. We would love the opportunity to answer questions and talk to you more about that. We're always available during the week. Please don't, don't sit on those questions. Bring those to us. We would love to bring that to you. Let's stand and let's respond in worship.